Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. What do y'all think? Yeah? Did you feel some feelings? Did you feel all the feelings? I almost cried when Jesus fell. That, that like moved me. Um, I got a few moments to be with you tonight to teach from the scripture, uh, to continue to continue this message of how the Lord changes our lives. I want to first thank you for bringing your canned goods tonight and putting them in the back so that they can go to a place in Baltimore to feed people in need. Uh, because for me, there was a moment in my life, I remember when I was about eight or nine years old, and I felt like my life was in ashes. And my family went to a food pantry to receive food like you gave tonight. And while my parents were inside that food pantry, I was outside, sitting on the curb, just uh, feeling very low about myself. And a woman, I never saw her again, but an older woman walked past me. She stopped, and she looked me in my eyes, and she said to me, has anyone told you you have beautiful eyes? And at that moment, I felt very insecure, and no one that I could recall had told me that I had beautiful eyes. And I looked at her, and I said, no. And she said, well, let me be the first. You have beautiful eyes. And that's all she said to me that day. But I always remember that day because a moment that I felt one of my moments at the lowest, that the Lord sent someone to speak some truth to me in a hard place, in a hard time. So first, I want to thank you for bringing those canned goods that you could give to someone who might be in need. Uh, this weekend, we've been talking about beauty from ashes, and we started Friday night talking about how Jesus made this declaration after he was baptized. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, and then he went to worship in the temple, and he stood up and read um, Isaiah 61, which says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, and we emphasize how important it was that the Spirit did what for Jesus? Stick. It remained on Jesus. That's how John the Baptist would know that this was the Messiah. Now, what I did not tell you is that Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down, and anybody know what the Father said from heaven? He said, this is my, with whom I am pleased. And it says that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness for 40 days, and he did not eat for 40 days. And it says after 40 days, he became hungry. Now, I don't know about you, it would take me 40 minutes till I get hungry. But it says, when Jesus was hungry, he was tempted by Satan. And we got to see an image of how Satan can use the smallest things in our lives to tempt us. And maybe you're familiar with this moment in Scripture in Jesus' life where he was tempted. But I want to emphasize something. Because many, many times when we hear of the temptations of Jesus Christ, we say that he was tempted to do what? Anybody know? Turn Something into bread. That's good, because he was hungry. And so Jesus, if you're hungry, Satan says, turn this stone into bread. But if you were to go back to the scripture, there's something that Satan says to Jesus right before that temptation. He says this, if you are the son of God, then do this. And the second temptation, he says this, if you are the son of God, then do this. Now remind yourself, when Jesus was baptized, the Spirit came down, and it stuck on him, and that God the Father spoke from heaven and said, this is my... 40 days later, Satan comes and says, if you are the... What do you mean, if? God just split the heavens and declared that I am his son, and Satan's temptation of Jesus wasn't about bread. His temptation of Jesus was, prove that you are a child of God. And Jesus never gave in to that temptation. 
I'm sharing that with you tonight because I believe and I know that why the Spirit stayed on Jesus is that Jesus was the Son of God and that he has come and he has been sent to us so that we would become children of God. One of your significant challenges of your faith is that you would believe that you're not just created in the image of God, but that somehow, some way, you are a child of God. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You're his daughter. You're his sons. Not just created in God's image, but his child. Uh, I want to read from Isaiah 61 again, just a few verses. We've read um, verses 1 and 2 already. I want to go to verse 3. It says this. Jesus says, because the Spirit of God on me, I've been sent to people who are brokenhearted, people who are imprisoned, and he's done this, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. I need a volunteer who is okay with drawing. I'm going to go right here in the middle. What's your name, young man? Aaron? Aaron? Come on up. Let's give him a round of applause. Come on up, Aaron. Now, Aaron, you said you can draw, or you're willing to draw. Okay, Aaron, I I, I need you to take about, I'm going to give you 60 seconds. I want you to draw a picture of me. Yes. You ready for this? Now, can you do me a favor and just put a little bit of hair? Just a little bit. Just... You can do more than that, Aaron, like, like that much hair. Do that for me. 60 seconds, and then we're going to show everybody what you come up with. Okay, can I stand over here? Can you see me? Right there. All right. So Aaron's going to draw a picture of me, and we're going to see how well he does with drawing that picture. While he draws that picture, I want you to take notice that the word bestow means to give a gift of honor. And so he said, I'm going to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. I'm going to give them the oil of joy instead of mourning. I'm going to give them a garment of praise. If you've heard of the story of King David, there was a man who went to find a king, and when he would find King David, he had to anoint him with oil. The words that Jesus reads in Isaiah 61 are words and descriptions that you give to someone of royalty, an anointing of royalty, a crown of royalty. A garment as if a robe of royalty, and you only do that to people who are honorable. And you'll see why, in a few moments, why Jesus doing that in our lives is so critical and so important. You got about 15 seconds. He he actually gave me just a little bit, just a little bit of hair. I used to have hair when I was younger. All right, Aaron, you ready to show everybody your image right now? Thank you for giving me some teeth. Thank you. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, let's hold it up. Let's, let's hold it up. Show everybody your art. There we go. We talked about how art is a good gift to have. Don't cover your face. It's supposed to be me. All right. Hopefully you can see that. They're encouraging you, Aaron. Hold it up. Hold it up. Hold it up. Let them see it. All right. They want to, some, some other people want to see you. you gotta, there you go. Move over there. Good. And, and, and all the way over there. Good. Good. Now hold that up. Now I need everybody else to give us some feedback. How well do you think he did? Round of applause. How well do you think he did? Good job. You did okay. I gave you 60 seconds. Tell me some things that do look like me in this picture. The head. I do have a big head. I know that. The hair. Thank you. Somebody said the eyes. The weight. I'm going to take that as a compliment. Okay. What else? What else looks like me?
The height. That's, I can't make that a compliment. That's a good one. Give me one or two more. The teeth look like me. Anybody else? It has arms and legs. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, what about this picture does not look like me? <laughs> it looks like a marshmallow, and I don't look like a marshmallow, so that's good. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's a two-dimensional image, and I am three-dimensional. That's good. It's hair. Does not look like my hair. That's, you're right. You're very right. It doesn't. It does have ears. It's just not as big as mine, though. But that's that's a good one. It has teeth, man. <laughs> All right. So let's now get to some practical things. What what about this image is physically different than me? It's on paper. Somebody said, "Was that?" I can't hear you. I'm not three inches. That's good. Did you have your hand in the back? How are you going to put your hand up and hide from me? You can't hide. That's okay. It doesn't have what? The same muscular tone. What else is different? I'm living and breathing. It doesn't have good perspectives. Okay, that's good. There's no colors. Here's what I want you to, okay, that's good. That's good. Here's what I want you to notice. I talked to you earlier before the skit of how great art can be used for things. But whenever we use art to create, if we use a piece of paper, if we use paint, if we get some clay and make a sculpture, whenever we use art to create something, even if we create it in our own image, it is made of a different material. I am made of flesh and bone and blood and organs and this is made of paper and ink. Let's give Aaron a round of applause. Thank you, sir. So I want you to hear this. I believe that every person on this earth is created in the image of God. I believe because they are created in the image of God, they have divine dignity. There's something inside of their soul that is of value and of worth. But I want to encourage you with this. God didn't create us to just be created in his image. He wants us to also be his children. The Bible tells us this. For God so loved the world that he sent his, his only son. Now, here's the difference between a creation and a son. A creation is made of a different material. A child is made of the same material and nature as their parent. So Christ came, and the Spirit of God remained on Christ. And if we read some scripture in the New Testament, it tells us that the Spirit of God cries out, Abba, Father, and it makes us God's adopted children. So because the Spirit stayed on Jesus, the Spirit now can live inside of us and no longer just make us God's creation, but also make us God's children. And that's what's good, because if God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, why do you think now he has come to bestow on you a crown of beauty? (laughs) To anoint on you oil of joy and to place a robe and a garment of praise, because the king now declares that we are his children. Do you know Do you believe that because the Spirit of God, when we believe in Jesus and his work, the Spirit stayed on him now, dwells inside of us, makes us no longer just God's creation, 
but also as children. Which means one of the greatest honors we have is we can say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I want to share two perspectives of why this is so critically important for you. Because remember, Jesus' temptation in the garden was, and the temptation was this in the wilderness. If you are a child of God, and Jesus was, I want to encourage you that you are a child of God, not just his creation. And this is so important. I remember I had a moment. My name is George Adam Hopkins, Jr. So my dad's name is George Adam Hopkins, Sr., Most of you heard earlier that I was raised by my single mom. She raised four kids in South Baltimore in the projects of Cherry Hill. And I didn't know my dad for most of my life. My dad's been in and out of prison, so one of the ways I would keep track of where he lived and what he was up to was just by looking where he was in jail. And one day I was online looking at him. Look, I saw his picture because of his criminal record. And I was looking at him, and I looked just like him. I have his name. His blood runs through my veins. He is my father. I am his son. I bear his name, and I bear his nature. And at that moment, I was a little bit depressed because I'm here trying to love people well, tell people about Jesus. And no matter what I'm doing at my name, I still have this man's name. I don't even know him, but I have his name. And I still have his nature. If I take a DNA test, I'm his son. And I start to feel some kind of way of like, Lord, what does this mean about who I am? If this is my dad, what does it mean about who I am? And he instantly reminded me of the power of what it means to be born again. That when the Spirit of God lives inside of us and dwells inside of us like the Spirit of God dwelled on Jesus. We are born again and we have a new nature. And we take on the nature of God. And we take on the name of God. And he reminded me that, George, you are, yes, in flesh, you've been born of your dad, but you are now created new. You are my son, and your future is not determined by where you were born. You are my child, and you've been born again, and you have new life. George, in your mess, I've placed a crown on you. In your mess, I've anointed you with joy. In your mess, I've placed a garment of praise over you. You are my child. I don't know your story, but I want you to know that there's nothing that you can experience in this world that can take away that crown, that oil, or that garment of praise that makes you a child of God. I want you to know that if you come from a great family, and that is amazing, and they love the Lord, and they sent you here because they're praying for you to know who Jesus is, that is good, and that is amazing. And even still, the Lord calls you and says, I desire for you to be my child, not to live through your parents' faith, but for you to know that I have come to meet you and your brokenness, and for you to call me directly your father. That's why all of us have an amazing powerful testimony that God has done something great in our lives that he changes us from the inside out he has met us in our mess and not just cleaned me up and say go be good but then he says you are my child I am when we had, you know, when my kids are still young, my family surprised me. They came up here this weekend. I didn't know they were going to be here. And they knocked on my door, and I opened the door, and my, my kids and my wife were right there, and they scared me. I almost had a heart attack. Thank God I'm not that old yet. Not yet. But I remember when my kids were very young, and uh, they, would, they would cry out to me whenever they needed something or wanted something. And I learned at a very young age as a father what a real cry meant when they needed something. I knew what they're like, man. 
daddy. You just don't want to go to sleep. And if I waited long enough, they would go to sleep. But if you're a parent, you know that call that happens. You know that cry that comes when you're like, oh, no, something's wrong. And as a parent, your heart leaps and you run to them and find out whatever they might need. I want you to hear that when you pray as a child of God, the Father hears your prayers like the cry of his own child. Do you know that Jesus loves you so much that he died to not just save you, but to make you his brothers and sisters as children of God? I just want to emphasize this to you tonight because there's going to be moments when Satan will tempt you and he will say to you, if you are a child of God, then prove it. If you are a child of God, then why did you mess up this time? If you are a child of God, then why do people view you that way? And it's important that you know this. The test of a child is found in the blood. You might see my kids. I don't even know if you've seen them. You might say, ah, maybe they look like him. Here's actually a funny story. So my wife doesn't look like me. She's French-Canadian. If she walked down here, you would just say she's a white woman. So my son is in that kindergarten, and whenever I go to his class, his kids, his classmates are always perplexed because I'm dark-skinned, and he's light-skinned. And they look at me, and they're like, so you're his dad? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, but y'all don't look anything alike. You sure you're not his granddad? <laughs> Young kids are very honest. I'm like, yeah, I'm his dad. Are you sure? Yes. It's too early for you to talk about race conversations, but I'm not going to explain all these things. But trust me on this. I'm his dad. Now, from just the appearance, his whole class is confused. But if they took a DNA test, if they drew my blood and took my son's blood, they would see that our nature is the same. Whenever you feel tempted to question God's love for you, remember the blood of Christ that was shed for you and has claimed you as children of God. Whenever Satan says, if you are a child of God, then prove it. Look at your life. Look at your background. Look at where you are right now. You tell Satan and you tell this world the evidence is in the blood because Christ has died for me. That's why I can say this to you as my eight-year-old daughter always reminds me. Even though I'm older than you, for those of us who believe in Christ, you are my brothers and sisters in Jesus. Amen? I'm going to end by praying for you, and then we're going to dismiss for our small groups. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we don't just call you God. We don't just call you our creator. That we can pray to you, Father. Abba, Father. I thank you that the Spirit remained on Jesus. I thank you that Jesus endured the temptation that tested his sonship. I thank you that Jesus stood before the crowd and said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. And that you have met us in our ashes. You have met us in our mess. And you have brought beauty. And you have crowned us. And you have anointed us. And you have placed a garment of praise on us that we may be crowned with royalty as children of God. So those of us who need to hear this because we are insecure of our past, would we embrace the new life that we find in Christ? For those of us who have wondered what it looks like for us to have our own faith and not the faith only of our parents, 
Would you remind us of the great gift that you desire for us to know, that we can have new life in Christ and be called children of God. And Father, I ask for my brothers and sisters of all ages that Satan's lies would not lead us astray, but that we would remind ourselves of the sacrifice, the shedding of the blood of Christ and his resurrection that raised him from the dead, that because of Jesus, we are children of God. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.